<laughs> sense of theme here. Hey, it's Gary and Shannon. Uh, thanks for downloading, listening to uh, the podcast of the Gary and Shannon Show. Now, if you want to listen to it live, you can do so every weekday from 10 a.m. until 2 p.m. in the greater Los Angeles area on KFI AM 640. Or you can go onto the iHeartRadio app and just type in KFI and listen live, listen to old shows, etc. Make sure that you subscribe not only to this podcast and share it with all your friends, but the pre-post podcast as well, which is bonus content that we can't do on the air for legal purposes. Mr. President, could you tell us to what degree Gary and Shannon helped to shape your views on this national emergency? I, I would talk about it. Look, Gary Hoffman has been a terrific, terrific. I think he's a great guy. Shannon Farron. I don't know her. She's off the reservation, but anybody that knows her understands that. Gary and Shannon. They did a great report of me. I say, where the hell did that come from? So I just want to thank everybody. I want to wish Gary and Shannon great luck and speed and enjoy your life. And thank you, everybody. Thank you very much. Thank you. Big announcement, huge announcements. A week from tomorrow, we will be out at Wolf Creek Brewery in Santa Clarita, Valencia. We will be having our news and brews 10 to 2. It's going to be a great time, a big party. We always have fun. Join us. Do what you have to do to get out of work. Or school, I mean. Or school, yeah. Plenty of schools. Screw school. It is like homeschooling for the day, really. We'll give you some information about some stuff, I'm sure. I'm sure there will be some information. At least one piece of information will come out of that show. Uh, hey, next hour we're going to get into the uh, the story. Some never-before-heard 911 calls from the Turpin case. Just even the little bits that I've heard so far. Chilling. Are, ah, chilling is a perfect word. She's 17? There's no way the girl on that phone call is 17 That's what happens when you're sheltered to that sort of degree and not let out of the house unless at night. That's what happens when you're sheltered to the point of being chained up and not being allowed a shower but for once a year. Just terrible. A French judicial police officer says investigators think the Notre Dame Cathedral fire started with an electrical short circuit. Unfortunately, it's too bad because it's uh, well, I mean, it's better than it having been an an intentional act that someone did it on purpose. But that's just a fascinating story. Um, We were talking earlier in the show or sorry, early in in the office today about how Assassin's Creed, a video game series, one of the main, uh, I guess, scenes in the video game one of the latest iterations of it was at notre dame in the cathedral so they spent weeks surveying detailing everything about the church and they're going to use the information from the video game in their uh in their rebuilding effort because it's one of the most 
specific and, and mathematically detailed, sound. Uh, yeah. Right. So anyway, we'll, uh, we'll talk more about that as we go through a little bit later. Tech Talk. Mark Saltzman's going to join us. We have some fun science stories to get to. But first, we start with the biggest story of the day, which is the NFL schedules have been released. Uh, actually... I don't mind talking about that, but I wouldn't necessarily classify it as the biggest story. All right. Sorry. I was trying to spin the news of the day <laughs> unsuccessfully. Make it a little bit more palatable. Yeah. Well, this morning, if you woke up super early, you got to hear the Attorney General William Barr explain what he thought was the conclusions from the Mueller investigation. Although the Deputy Attorney General and I disagreed with some of the special counsel's legal theories and felt that some of the episodes examined did not amount to obstruction as a matter of law, we did not rely solely on that in making our decision. Instead, we accepted the special counsel's legal framework for purposes of our analysis and evaluated the evidence as presented by the special counsel in reaching our conclusions. Uh, don't, I don't think you have to read all 448 pages to have an opinion on the stuff that's in there, but you should, you should at least make an effort to kind of plow through some of the details. People are going to see what they want to see in this report. Absolutely. And unfortunately, that I think is what we heard from William Barr this morning. Well, here are the big nuggets. Bob Mueller laid out multiple episodes in which... Trump directed people around him to try to influence or curtail the Russia investigation after the special counsel's appointment in May 2017. The efforts were mostly unsuccessful, largely because the persons who surrounded the president declined to carry out orders or accede to his requests, which is why they were subsequently discarded. Yeah, because he needs yes people around him. That's an amazing thing is when you look at the number of people who were asked to do something. Uh, one one specific example is Don McGahn, the White House counsel. He supposedly contacted Don McGahn and asked him to get rid of Robert Mueller, begin the process of doing so. And Don McGahn said, I don't want to do that because I don't want to set off another Saturday night massacre. The best nugget so far, and it probably will go down as the best one, is what happened Right after the special counsel's appointment there in May 2017, May 17th, 2017, was when acting attorney general Rod Rosenstein appointed Bob Mueller. And the the great detail is about the president's reaction to this. According to the report, Rod Rosenstein calls Jeff Sessions, who's the attorney general at the time, to tell him about the appointment. Now, Sessions was with Trump. They were conducting interviews for a new head of the FBI. Okay, so this was after Comey was done, and they're in the Oval Office doing interviews. Sessions looks down at his cell phone, sees it's Rod Rosenstein, and says, I'm going to step out to take this call. He steps out. He gets the news. He comes back into the Oval Office, delivers the news that a special counsel had been appointed. And the report says Trump slumped into his chair and reacted with intense, expletive-laced dismay. Oh, my God. This is terrible, he said. This is the end of my presidency. I'm effed. How could you let this happen, Jeff? You were supposed to protect me. And Uh, and that's exactly how it's... I've I've read that relationship. 
is that the president thinks the attorney general is like his personal attorney or right. like there to protect he's him. He's got other attorneys. He's got a, I mean, you have White House counsel that helps determine the policies and whether or not they're legal. You've got personal attorneys like Rudy Giuliani and Jay Sekulow who are working on behalf of the individual Donald Trump. But at that point, at that point, Jeff Sessions was told to resign. And in the report, it says that Jeff Sessions did tender his resignation to the president back in May of 2017. And at that point, uh, the president decided to kind of pull back from that. He did not accept the resignation at that point. But the president said, everyone tells me if you get one of these independent councils, it ruins your presidency. It takes years and years and I won't be able to do anything. This is the worst thing that has ever happened to me. Hope Hicks, by the way, you remember she was a director of the White House communications office for a while. She said that she had only seen the president so upset at one other time after the release of the now infamous Access Hollywood tape. Now, a lot of people are looking at that quote right there, um, that this is the worst thing that has happened to me. It's going to be the end of my presidency kind of thing. Um, and, and they're saying, well, that's proof that he colluded and he knew it and he was worried it was going to come out in this report. I don't think so, because if you read further into the quote, he says, everyone tells me if you get one of these independent councils, it ruins your presidency. It takes years and years and I won't be able to do anything. I think that's what he was referring to. Just that the cloud over a special investigation kind of hampers your whole your whole presidency, right. which I, I, makes sense. Makes perfect sense. Uh, the problem with this report is... I don't think anyone's going to be happy with it at the end of the day. Well, the president is. He has celebrated the report's release, telling his audience at a White House event, unrelated, that he was having a good day. Uh, It was called no collusion, he said, no obstruction. And then he renewed his calls for the investigation into the origins of the inquiry, saying we do have to get to the bottom of these things, I will say. Uh, There are are ten specific incidents uh, that are listed in this report as potential obstruction of justice instances that the special counsel investigated. But they could not conclusively determine that he committed criminal obstruction. Right. Now, the, the thing about it is the way that we saw William Barr write it up, and remember the letter to Congress where the... He summarized what he said the words of special counsel Robert Mueller were in the report that he couldn't confirm or deny, you know, basically that he couldn't do it. Uh, it doesn't conclude that the president committed a crime, but it also does not exonerate him. The full context of that, I think, is more important because uh, we'll talk about this when we come back. The full context is more. It has to do with the fact that Robert Mueller wasn't certain if he was going to go down the path of trying to indict a sitting president and begin the court battle that was going to be involved with that if it came to an obstruction of justice charge so we'll talk about that we'll talk about some of the funny things about it i guess if there's a way to say that but all of this uh the Mueller report we have links up on the website if you want to go check it out kfiam640.com it's not as simple as saying no obstruction no collusion yes that was an, that was a uh, conclusion that they were that the special counsel came to but the uh the obstruction thing is a little bit different also, North Korea has a beef with Mike Pompeo and is making some demands about his role in negotiations. We'll talk about that this hour, too. And somebody's been caught with a lighter and some lighter fluid at St. Patrick's Cathedral in New York. An update on that. Very and and yeah, what? your chance at $1,000. All of that's still coming up? You're damn right. How are we going to fit this into three hours and 45 minutes? We'll make Chris Little's news smaller. Okay.
Well, I can't go without oh, any great. music. Oh, there it is. Walk my way up, share the things that you want. Oh, yes, and that's the point of no return. Let go, we can free ourselves of all we've learned. I love the secret language that we're speaking. Gary and Shannon. With $1,000 to give away, here's how you can win it. Win $1,000 right now. Text the nationwide keyword WINGS, W-I-N-G-S, to 200-200. You'll get a text confirming entry plus iHeartRadio info. Standard data and message rates apply in this nationwide contest. That's WINGS to 200-200. All right. If you win, they'll call you. you got to answer that phone to pick up 1000 bucks. we got another chance an hour from now. In fact, every hour from 5 in the morning with Jonesy and Wake Up Call all the way through the first hour of the Conway Show at 6 o'clock, we give away $1,000 an hour. Talking about the Mueller report and the big question of whether the Trump campaign had colluded with Russia during the campaign. As for that, Bob Mueller wrote, and I'm quoting, while the investigation identified numerous links between individuals with ties to the Russian government... The evidence was not sufficient to support criminal charges. They also said there was not sufficient evidence to charge any campaign official with working as an unregistered foreign agent of Russia. Yeah, the the, one of the conclusions, I think, was basically that the campaign staffers and I'm looking at people like Michael Flynn, Paul Manafort, they took advantage of candidate Donald Trump and took advantage of his position so that they could line their pockets with money. I mean, Manafort is one of the examples. He had been talking with Konstantin Kilimnik. Um, He met with Manafort in person to talk about a peace plan for Ukraine that Manafort acknowledged to the special counsel's office was a backdoor way for Russia to control part of eastern Ukraine. Now, remember, Manafort was making money on that deal, and they agreed that for that deal to work, Donald Trump was going to have to become president. But Paul Manafort was making this money regardless of whether or not Donald Trump was going to eventually become the president. So it, it sounds like the conclu- one of the conclusions generally is that these campaign staffers that were doing George Papadopoulos, that sort of they were taking advantage of Donald Trump and his either unwillingness to understand foreign affairs issues or a, a lack of awareness about them. No, oh, I, I- I don't know. I think he knew that they were benefiting. I think that's part of the reason why they came on board and Donald Trump knew about that. I don't think he's a fool. I just think that he's used to dealing with people who have less than scrupulous ties to foreign governments. And everybody's just going to have a hustle on the side. Exactly. There are 12 pages of Trump's written responses to the special counsel. But remember, the scope was limited because there was a sit down and an agreement about what he would talk about, what he would not talk about. And part of that was he would not talk about obstruction of justice. There are no questions about obstruction of justice. Which is frustrating when you read through some of the responses. The whole thing is in there, by the way. The questions and the answers that were submitted by the White House, uh, by the president's lawyers, they're all in that report. They're frustrating because a lot of it is the I don't recall, I have no recollection. Classic deposition. That's what you're supposed to do. Exactly. Nobody's going to spill their guts in this kind of environment. And and when just when. Describing the decision-making process into whether or not they do call the president in for a sit-down interview or pushing the issue more than they did, the special counsel said that would have delayed this report even longer because of the ongoing legal fight to get a president to sit down for a deposition, the, the negotiation that it would take to get the president to sit down for that. And 
his lawyers, as well they should, would have fought tooth and nail to keep the president out of a room of professional prosecutors. Democrats are crying foul as Barr, the uh, AG, held a press conference just before the release. They say that he is spinning the report, according to Chuck Schumer. And there are a number of calls for Bob Mueller himself to testify before Congress. Barr said he would not object to that. Yeah, he will. I mean, Mueller will. He'll testify at some point about this. Uh, the the I think the most interesting things that I've taken away from this, just the point that it looks like these campaign staffers were taking advantage of the president and the campaign, and that there were so many people, including some of this, some of President Trump's acolytes, these people who were just kissing up to this guy. Corey Lewandowski is one of them. They were refusing to do some of the things that Donald Trump wanted them to do because there was a potential that they would get in trouble. And that's why they left. And that's why they left. Katie McFarland is one of them. For example, early days of the administration, when the Michael Flynn conversation about sanctions with the Russian ambassador, the president ordered Katie McFarland to write an email saying that the president did not direct those conversations. And she said, I don't think I should do that. It not only... Do I not know if I'm telling a lie in that email? I don't think it would be proper for me to write that email. This so is she a, didn't. This is a president who wants people to do what he says to do. And if there's any if there's any conversation or uh, any pushback, you're done. Yeah. That's just the way he is. That's yeah. just the way he's operated in business. And he's taken that culture and that attitude into the White House. Uh, so I would say the conclusion, basically, no collusion. That's written in by, by Bob Mueller in the report. No collusion. But a lot of relationships that were weird. Some collusion things. Yes. And then obstruction of justice. He basically said, we don't conclude that the president committed a crime, but we also don't exonerate him. Which goes back to what William Barr said in that letter to Congress before. So basically that that it looks like Bob Mueller is leaving it up to members of Congress to determine uh, to make a legal determination on uh, obstruction of justice. Coming up next, North Korea has a big problem with Secretary of State Mike Pompeo. We'll tell you all about it and what that could mean for ongoing denuclearization talks. Gary and Shannon will continue in just a moment. I could Kills me, makes me feel What's going on with the gasoline, Gary? I Listen, you need gas today, don't you? Yes. You should have gotten gas a month ago and then then just never driven your vehicle ever. Uh, The gas I saw was at 407, and that's at a place right before I get onto the freeway. That's the cheapest place in that little area where I get on the freeway. And as you drive through, like, downtown Burbank, it's up around 440, 450. A couple of different places What's down here. What's the purpose of this? Uh, to make you hate your car, I believe. Uh, at, in the 11 o'clock hour, we're going to talk about a very weird, uh, somewhat mysterious surcharge on gas that appears to be 
built into California gasoline. But again, all we need is for our governor to go to El Salvador. That's what we need. Not affordable transportation alternatives. North Korea has demanded the removal of our Secretary of State Mike Pompeo from nuclear talks. They have accused him of talking nonsense and being reckless. Uh, Letting loose reckless remarks and sophism of all kinds against us every day. Sophism. That's like sophomoric. Is that the root of the word? I don't know. I'll look it up. Um, Everyone has a clear interpretation of his speech, which says that the U.S. should change its way of calculation and come up with responsive measures before the end of the year. That is according to the foreign ministry official, Kwan Yong-gyun from North Korea. Um, Sophism, an argument apparently correct in form, but actually invalid. An argument used to deceive. I'm telling you, whoever puts together the uh, the KCNA press releases, bravo! They, they they outdo us. I'll just say their education system must be. They're more artful with their language than we oh, are. Oh yes, very artful. But the problem is, right now, Kim Jong Un looks like a clown for the latest uh, summit that he had with Donald Trump and came away with absolutely nothing. And he's trying to save face, it appears, in North Korea. Now, one of the one of the things that they've been doing, of course, has been testing weapons. He has gone back to his old practice of visiting military units and weapons sites. I loved what I read about him visiting some some fighter pilots, I believe, and he was directing them. Yeah. It said Kim Jong Un is directing the fire the fighter pilots. My rear end. Yeah. Does he know how to fly a freaking fighter jet? Well, let alone give fighter pilots direction. Instructions on where to go. Whatever you do, don't touch that button. Yeah. Um, He was uh, he was watching those Russian made MiG fighter jets. The problem with it is those are probably the only fighter jets. They don't have aviation fuel for those planes because of the sanctions. So. Wherever they were able to scrounge up a couple hundred gallons of fuel for the one-shot fighter jet uh, pass is uh, is unknown at this point. There was a reported test of a new tactical-guided weapon, but analysts say it's unlikely to be a return to the long-range missile tests seen as a threat to us. The test was overseen again by Kim Jong-un himself. He said the test was conducted in various modes of firing at different targets, which means... According to analysts, this is a weapon that could be launched from land, sea, or air. We don't know if if it was a missile, but they say it was probably a short-range weapon. Yeah, this isn't the long ones. The South Koreans have said that it was short enough and low enough that it was not caught by our radar of NORCOM, the Northern Command, which is what usually, or routinely, I should say, tracks North Korean missiles. Uh, But they said it was likely a short-range guided missile Flies low, covers a short distance, uh, but like you said, could be launched from a couple of different platforms. Very little has happened since the U.S. and North Korean leaders walked out of talks in Vietnam. Uh, The U.S. at the time said talks broke down because North Korea wanted all sanctions lifted in exchange for scaling back its nuclear capacity. But Pyongyang says, no, that wasn't it. Uh, In his most recent comments, Kim Jong-un has urged the president to pursue a deal that was mutually acceptable. Uh-huh. See, that's what happens when you get a seat at the table. You start demanding things like mutual 
acceptability in a nuclear program. You, you know, you start getting some uh, some weight and you start being able to think that you're on the same yeah, but, level as yeah, the United States. That's the part is you start thinking that. You start thinking that your cojones are a little bit bigger than they actually are. And I, that's probably why Obama didn't even want to sit down at the table. He also said, uh, Kim Jong-un said at one point, that he would consider... He would consider meeting President Trump again if Washington offers a new deal that he could accept by the end of the year. This is this is crazy talk from a guy who has zero idea where he actually sits in terms of uh, of international leaders and quality of life in his country. And I just don't know if there's a danger to that, if there's a danger to giving somebody like this a seat at the table. And then when talks break down, does that make them angrier? Do they feel emboldened? Does it matter? Do they have I, the weaponry where it would matter? I think they're. I think it does. You're right. Runs the risk of angering him, not right. emboldening him, but angering him because of he's because he's embarrassed in front of his own people. Exactly. And that's the that's the scary part about it. So, uh, when we come back, the latest on uh, the Notre Dame fire, and we'll talk about uh, why that doofus was arrested with gas cans and lighters at St. Patrick's Cathedral, in New York. Gary and Shannon will continue. I was trying to think of worst case scenario. I want to be clear. I don't want you to think like I something wrong with me or something. <laughs> <clears throat> uh, good times. Gary and Janice, Thursday, April 18th. Of course, the big news today is the Mueller report. The redacted version of the Mueller report has been released. You can find it a bunch of different places. Of course, on our website, KFIAM640.com. 448 pages. One of the things that was pointed out today was that the White House did not use any executive privilege to suggest any of the redactions so when you go through this thing i think a lot of people were surprised at how much information was not redacted there is i think one or two pages where for the most part uh there could be what they call harm to ongoing investigations or harm to ongoing matters and in that case the information was blacked out but that's probably because or I should say that is because there are criminal investigations that have stemmed from the report in general. So whether it's Southern District of New York, whatever other uh, administrative legal body is going after them. But for the most part, there was very little. And the White House did not have anything to do with uh, getting rid of the uh, some of these redactions. So that was a, a point that a lot of people have made today. More than 400 firefighters took part in that battle that lasted nine hours to save Notre Dame on Monday. Of course, its spire collapsed, its roof was destroyed, but the iconic towers, the rose windows, the organ, precious artworks were all saved. Remarkably, no one killed in the fire, which began during a mass. Well, Yesterday, several hundred Paris firefighters uh, filed into the Elysee Palace courtyard for a gathering hosted by the president to share what his office said were words of thanks. Paris City Hall holding a ceremony in the firefighters' honor later in the day. There was a Bach violin concert, two big banners strung from the monumental city headquarters to thank them. Side note, the brigade chaplain, Jean-Marc Fournier, 
says he was falsely credited with helping save the crown of thorns believed to have been worn by Jesus at his crucifixion. Yeah, the chaplain actually said there were a team of rescuers that took the relics out of their protected covering, and an official who had the secret code was the one that unlocked the protection and finished the job. But he and his own team arrived on the heels of all of that. They were the ones who were given credit for it, and they praised the action to preserve the, uh, I mean, obviously the uh, the crown of thorns, considered one of, if not the most important relic in all of Europe. He did say that he was able to save the most precious thing for Catholics from the fire, which is the uh, the consecrated host. One bread, one body. That's exactly what he said and sang it. Uh, but he had climbed on altars to help remove some of the large paintings that were up there. Said he had felt especially proud of another personal salvaging operation, and that was to have removed Jesus from the cathedral. One of the people honored was Miriam Shadinsky, one of the first firefighters to reach the roof as the fire raged. She climbed hundreds of steps up the cathedral's narrow spiral staircase, and it is tiny. It is built for much smaller people who didn't eat as many carbs as we do. So she goes up hundreds of Speak steps. For yourself. I've had a good couple of days carb-free. Have you? No. Oh. Uh, So she climbs up that staircase to the top of one of the two towers. She had trained at the site for hours, apparently, for just this moment. Mm. She told reporters, we knew that the roof was burning, but we did not really know the intensity. It was from upstairs that you understood it was really dramatic. It was very hot. We had to retreat, retreat. It was spreading quickly. Now, think about that. We were talking about when we were watching this live coverage the other day, it was hard to imagine they weren't pouring water on this thing. That you could see. That we could see. And, I mean, by later, there were several different uh, high-rise ladders that had the ability to spray fire up on the roof. But the um, the fight was inside. That was the that was the weirdest part to me, and and the fact that they couldn't see from where they were until she got up into the tower, or she and some others got into the tower. You couldn't see the extensive damage that was being done by the fire. She says she heard a roar, but her focus was on saving the tower. She learned later it was the sound of the spire collapsing. Now, Emmanuel Macron says he wants to rebuild the cathedral within five years, in time for the twenty twenty four Summer Olympics. Paris is hosting. Uh, but experts have said this could easily take 15 years. That doesn't have to be perfect in time for the Olympics, just back open for the public, yeah. I would say. Uh, one of the women who went to go vid- visit the uh, cathedral said she's sad but grateful it's still there. And she said, it's a chance for France to bounce back, a chance to realize what unites us because we have been divided too much over the past years. The um, I think the most incredible information that came out of the ceremonies from yesterday and the discussions that have been going on is that they believed that had it not been for the work that was done by the firefighters, this thing would have burned to the ground. And there are how many thousands of tons of stone involved in that building, but they're saying because of the way all of the wooden structure was burning, the the way the roof was actually holding up certain areas of this, that had they not gotten in there when they did and not moved as rapidly as they did, this thing would have burned to the ground in what they called a chain reaction collapse. And that was a a fire expert who said that uh, with the French culture ministry. Well, to New York we go, where we're learning more about the man that was arrested outside St. Patrick's Cathedral uh, last night after allegedly tried to bring in gas cans and lighter fluid. 
He was stopped by security as he tried to enter the church, although some gasoline did spill outside the church. He is 37-year-old Mark Lamparello, and he had apparently been arrested at a cathedral in New Jersey this week and had a flight booked to Rome today. Was he going to go to the Vatican? Oh, I don't know. They describe him as emotionally disturbed, say it's too early to tell what his motive was or whether it's connected to terrorism. Nobody was injured in the incident. Police, they say, are investigating. The cardinal there in New York, Timothy Dolan, said the event showed that the system in place at the cathedral is effective when it comes to making sure that people don't, uh, you know, burn the place down. Yeah, he booked that ticket to uh, to Italy uh, yesterday. For a flight today. You know how much that ticket was? $2,800. <laughs> Planning counts, kids. Planning counts. Planning counts. A reminder that on next Friday, we are going to be live at Wolf Creek Brewery in Santa Clarita for our latest news and brews. It's coming up Friday, April 26th. If you have a chance, go to wolfcreekbrewingco.com and check out not only the brewery and their options for beers that they make, but the restaurant that they have up in Valencia as well, it's absolutely fantastic, including the Brewer's Menu for spring of 2019. Talk to me, Goose. New exciting menu options like their Udon Stir Fry yeah, Bowl. Yeah, get it. They have takeout family meal packages available, all of that stuff. It's an absolutely great place. I had a surprise party there. My 40th surprise, my 40th birthday party was a surprise to me, and we did it at Wolf Creek uh, Restaurant. What are you going to do for your 50th? It's right around the corner. Yours is before mine. No. Your 40th is before my 50th. So stop starting to plan things here because you're going to be in sad shape when that 40 hits you like a ton of bricks. All right, coming up next. I'm trying to make me old. The never before heard 911 call all about the Turpin family. You will not believe this girl's voice. That's next on Gary and Shannon. Gary and Shannon, what looks like we can in part blame the flooding in the Midwest on these inflated gas prices. We'll get to the bottom of that coming up next. Uh, Swamp Watch at 1230 is going to be pretty busy today. Obviously, the Mueller report is out. 448 pages of just mind-numbing information a lot of times. But the surprise, perhaps, is that not more of it was redacted. Uh, There's only a couple of spots that have been pulled out to hide people's identities or to uh, not infringe upon ongoing investigations. But the basic conclusion, it appears, from Robert Mueller was that there was no collusion, a lot of weird relationships perhaps with Russia, but no collusion with the campaign. And then he kind of punted on the whole obstruction of justice thing and said, listen, even if I could prove obstruction of justice, I couldn't indict the president or prosecute. So I'm going to leave it up to Congress is basically what he said. Well, we have been following the case of the Turpins, and it looks like tomorrow is the day that David and Louise, these evil parents who spent years torturing most of their 13 children who they kept captive, will be sentenced. Today, we have gotten some never-before-heard 911 call audio 
that was collected by ABC News. And this was audio from when one of the little girls, the 17-year-old girl, I say little girl because she sounds like a little girl in this this audio, but she's 17 and she's able to escape the house where they were kept chained up, starved at times, and not allowed to bathe for but once a year. Do you think anybody in the house will need to go to the hospital? I'm not sure. Sometimes we live in silk and sometimes I wake up and I can't breathe. Because how dirty the house is. When was the last time you had a bath? I don't know. Almost a year ago. See, the dispatcher, you could hear, the dispatcher thinks, this is a joke. This is a kid calling in with this ridiculous story, and it's a prank. Yeah, because you, I mean, dispatchers hear all kinds of stuff, but they don't hear that. They don't hear that the kids are chained up to beds. My parents are abusing, they abuse us, and my two little sisters right now are chained up. There's 13 kids, and then a mother and father. And how many of your siblings are tied up? Two of my sisters, one of my brothers. Think about that. Again, to the dispatcher's uh, disgust, perhaps, this is an unbelievable story, at least early on. And she said that uh, they were living in filth. They hadn't bathed in a year, like she had already said. The teen uh, said that she hadn't been to a doctor in five years and had never in her life, she's 17, never once in her life been to a dentist. That's just... She said that her siblings, she and her siblings never ate breakfast and would only eat peanut butter, bologna, a frozen burrito or chips for lunch and dinner. How many of your siblings are tied up? Two of my sisters. Oh, we already one got One of my brothers. How are they tied up? With rope or with what? With chains. They're chained up to their bed. I mean, it's really hard to believe. And like you said, dispatchers hear everything. It's hard to shock them. But this da- dispatcher, of all the horror she has heard on the other hand, end of the line, she thought that this was just too crazy to be true. The Turpins are expected to each serve an indeterminate sentence of 25 years to life. They'll be eligible for parole hearings after the minimum time has elapsed. Unless a parole board decides they should be released. No parole board. is Even in a place like California, there's no parole board that's going to think that these people need to get out. The Turpins were accused of abusing 12 of their 13 children. It looked like the youngest was not abused yet. How does that even happen? That's the part I don't get. The the 29-year-old woman who was the oldest Turpin child weighed 82 pounds when the when the sheriff's department finally went in and rescued them. She weighed 82 pounds, but the baby was fat and happy. I'm not sure. Uh, maybe the abuse didn't start until later, you know? No one's maybe they didn't want to abuse a baby. I I feel like the abuse was all about mind control. Yeah. And, you know, that was the that was the that's what they were going for. They wanted to control their children. And so they used food and 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 showers and all of these things in an effort to do that. And the baby, you can't really control a baby's mind. The uh, the it's 20 minute 911 call that she was able to put together. Uh, that she was able to talk. And part of it, I'm sure there were probably moments in it where the dispatcher was like, okay, come on, seriously. 
And first of all, trying to pin down exactly where she was because she wasn't great at determining the location. She didn't know how to explain to the dispatcher where they were. When when the dispatcher asked Jordan, that was the girl's name, if anyone in the house takes medication, the girl replies that she doesn't know what medication is. She stated in the call that she and her siblings don't do school. Yeah. Despite the mother allegedly telling people her children went to private school. The mom was telling people that they would lie. She, The mom was lying to people about homeschool or private school. And then Jordan admitted she doesn't really know much about the mom. She said, I haven't finished first grade and I'm 17. I don't know much about my mother. She doesn't like us. She doesn't spend time with us ever. Interesting. So that's how the mom kind of was able to, because that's one of the biggest questions I have at this story. I mean, you can, you hear stories of bad dads and evil fathers and things like that and, and, and fathers killing their kids, but rarely is it mom unless there's a severe mental illness going on, how she would be able to stand by and abuse her 12 children through the years just seemed bizarre to me. And now I think that maybe the dad kept her kind of away from all of them. Like he was the mastermind. Yeah, well, and then here's the thing, though. If that was the case, her attorney would have been able to to make that case for her, right? Yeah. But no, they didn't do that. They didn't sever the trial. Um, remember, he started dating her when she was very young, too. I think she was 15 or 16 mm-hmm. when they started dating. So that was a prime time for him to control her as well and, and, and put those roots down. The All of the kids have a lawyer or at least the adult kids, Jack Osborne is his name, and they said uh, he said that they are now living healthy, they're moving on with their lives. The seven adult children were very relieved, he said, that their parents pleaded guilty because that keeps them away from the possibility of having to testify at a very public trial and talk about things that they probably still don't necessarily understand or may never understand, I don't know. All right, gas prices, why we can blame some flooding in the Midwest... For at least part of it. And if you haven't looked at your gas station, it's not good. Average gas in California, about 402 a gallon. Highest in five years. Hey, to pay for at least three gallons of gas, we're going to give you $1,000 coming up in a few minutes. How about that? How about that? says a version of Bob Mueller's report with fewer redactions will be made available to a small group of lawmakers. He says the report will be given to the Gang of Eight, the top-ranking House and Senate lawmakers from both parties who can look at sensitive classified information. Of course, Democrats want the full report released. We've been waiting for... Um, com- uh, there's a news conference I expect from Jerry Nadler. Uh Congressman Jerry Nadler, who has been very publicly uh, anticipating this report. We'll hear what he says, because he's also one of the ones that has asked for Bob Mueller to come testify in front of Congress. So we'll listen to that and talk more about that at 1230 when we get into Swamp Watch. Hey, it's time for an update on the $1,000 we could give away. Win $1,000 right now. Text the nationwide keyword TALK, T-A-L-K, to 200-200. 
You'll get a text confirming entry plus iHeartRadio info. Standard data and message rates apply in this nationwide contest. That's talk to 200-200. If you win, by the way, they'll let you know by phone, so you got to pick up that phone to pick up $1,000. Another chance an hour from now. In fact, every hour from 5 in the morning with Jonesy, wake-up call through the first hour. The Conway Show is when you can pick up $1,000. Gas you're going to you're going to need it. Yeah, you're going to need it if you want to go from point A to point B in California. You 71 know, cents, I think. We've seen the prices go up 71 cents in, in a the month. last month. Well, at least it's not 72 cents, which it is in San Francisco. We've got it easy down here. Oh, that's what you want to call that, huh? Um the gas prices, we've all we've seen this before. You can see it on the gas pump when you go. Federal excise tax of 18 cents, state excise tax of 42 cents, state and local sales tax of 8 cents. That is actually fluctuating because it depends on where you are. Uh, Underground storage tank fee of 2 cents. Uh, Additional cost for compliance under the cap and trade as well as low carbon uh, fuel standard, 28 cents. So you're looking at 98 cents basically tacked on to every gallon of gasoline that you buy with taxes that are specific to what you pay here in California. Dan McTeague is a senior petroleum analyst at Gas Buddy. He says that we're looking at a supply crunch because there have been refinery upsets in LA and San Francisco. He says California's unique gas standard means replacements for the shortfall in production are not easily found. So that's the reason. The massive flooding that happened throughout parts of the Midwest affected ethanol blends. And was expected to cause pain for us at the gas stations. I will not say pain at the pump. Uh, well, and it's a matter of how Who's long... calling you right now? I don't know. It could be anybody. Don't they know you have a... Sh- yeah. Did you just hang up on her? Yeah. Huh. That could have been a serious call about something. Well, I can't let her know that. I was supposed to let her know that I'm on the. she's on the radio. She's calling. Oh. She's calling again? Maybe you should get it. I'll let her leave a message. How's that? It doesn't look like it's going to get much better for oh, us. Of course it's not, because we live in California. The prices, they say, could rise another 10 cents. God. Now, when you look at the governor going to El Salvador, I know the governor is not the one who has a magic switch in the governor's mansion that will make our gas prices go down. But could we at least exert some of California's economic pressure on oil companies? And, no. And, and perhaps not even the oil companies, the legislature that is responsible for compiling all of these taxes. How does that affect diversity? <laughs> well, more diverse people could then drive into California. There you go. Now I'm listening. Severin Bornstein is a professor at Berkeley's Haas School of Business, and he's the director of the Energy Institute at Haas. And he's done his own tax calculations in terms of what we see tacked onto the um, the gas prices on a regular basis. And he's got a mystery surcharge, he said, he found, an added expense that has yet to be identified. And it averaged $0.28 cents a gallon. From January through March of this year. So that adds, when you combine that with the taxes, that adds about a dollar twenty-six per gallon in California. Which when you take that away, 
would put us along, uh, put us in the neighborhood of some of the middle states in terms of average gas prices. How much of this is uh, shortages and how much is this of the oil companies saying, eh, California is so screwed up, they want to tax their people, let's uh, bump up prices? I think the price thing is more likely. I think it's more that they know, they've seen in the past that when gas reached $4 a gallon like it did five years ago, we still drove around. There was not a whole lot of people who said, "Listen, I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to walk more places, God forbid, or I'm going to have to find a way to ride my bike to the grocery store or something." Nobody did that that I know of. So they know that they can get away with adding the extra twenty-eight cents of mystery surcharge. Apparently, a group of nineteen state lawmakers sent a letter to the California AG's office back in January when this surcharge started showing up, saying we want you to investigate this. But they've never replied. Yeah, because Javier Becerra is very busy right now. Diversity. He's going hard after forty-five. Remember. They didn't want to file 48 different lawsuits against the administration, but they were forced to. Bad news for the people who were affected by the campfire up in Butte County. Of course, the fire that just decimated Paradise. Water officials say today that the drinking water in Paradise is contaminated with benzene, which causes cancer. That this problem could cost up to $300 million and take up to two years to fix. Also, the FBI is sniffing around up there, too. Interesting. Talk about that when we come back. Gary and Shannon will continue. Gary and Shannon. Mueller report was released very early this morning. If you're looking for some light reading next couple of hours, it'll only take you a little while to get through it. 448 pages. Uh, there were a couple of conclusions. Number one, that there was no collusion between Russia and the campaign, Donald Trump's campaign. Uh, the other, uh, there was no conclusion when it came to obstruction. Seemed like Robert Mueller sort of punted the issue of obstruction over to Congress to see if they wanted uh, to bring any potential indictment against uh, against the president. And then even then may have to wait until he's not president anymore. So anyway, we'll talk about that more in Swamp Watch. Well, news out of the Sacramento Bee says there's problems with the water in Paradise, California, because of the campfire last year that just wiped out that town. Apparently, there are about 1,500 people uh, left out of the 27,000 people that are living there in the few surviving houses. Water officials have told them not to drink, cook, bathe in, or brush their teeth with tap water, and only to take quick showers with warm water. They're giving them cases of free bottled water daily because they've found that water to be contaminated with the cancer-causing chemical benzene. I uh, have family that lives up in Chico, and you'd think months after the fire like this, there would have been some point where they were curious enough to drive up through Paradise. 
My sister says she doesn't want to do it. She, they know too many people that had lost everything and that it's just yeah. almost like it's uh, sacred ground that they wouldn't want to impose on the well, people who live there. there is a bit of gross looky-loo nature oh, of yeah. people. But it's also, I mean, the, the roads for the most part are open. Um, th- it, and it's, you don't have to drive through every neighborhood to see the level of destruction. I mean, you just drive up on the Skyway and you could see, you know, businesses and homes on both sides of that road that were completely wiped out. Right. Uh, but it would be weird. Now, the uh, there's an interesting fight that went on in court this week about the criminal investigation into all of this. Uh, first of all, we now know that Butte County is looking into the case. The state attorney general uh, has also gotten into this. And the FBI is now involved. The FBI is going to be testing PG&E equipment in this criminal investigation. Uh, Butte County DA said Wednesday that his office, joined by the attorney general's office and some other agencies, began looking into the campfire soon after it broke out. And one of the things that happened was Butte County investigators, DA's investigators, went out with PG&E crews to the area where they believe the fire started along those power lines in uh, the Palermo Gap. And they suggested that there were PG&E officials uh, and, and workers there who removed evidence from the scene to go towards the criminal investigation to be handed over towards uh, to the Butte County DA's office. And that the Butte County DA was going to send that equipment to the FBI's National Forensics Facility in Virginia for, an, uh, for analysis. But they were fighting this. Lawyers for one group of the wildfire plaintiffs, in this case it was insurance companies, whose policyholders suffered billions of dollars of losses, they were asking the bankruptcy court judge, because remember, PG&E is undergoing their bankruptcy. They were asking the bankruptcy court judge to issue an order that would have barred Butte County from sending the fire evidence to the FBI lab at Quantico. Because they were suggesting that the uh, that doing that would actually destroy some of the transmission tower hardware just undergoing the testing there. And that would deny their plaintiffs, of course, those insurance companies, the opportunity to independently inspect and assess the evidence for any future civil cases going on. Which makes sense. I mean, it's not that they don't want the evidence to be found. Uh, It's just to get in there before it goes to Quantico. They want their piece of it as well. They say specifically that PG&E believes it's a worn hook that supported the line of a tower arm that broke, triggering an explosion. And it looks like they're going to focus on PG&E and what they were doing in terms of maintenance on this equipment. And was it sufficient? The uh, the judge that's in this case, this uh, bankruptcy judge, did eventually allow Butte County to proceed with the plan. So as far as we understand, it was supposed to be done yesterday. They were beginning the process of shipping that equipment out to Quantico. Cal Fire said that they are not aware of any other instances in which prosecutors launched a criminal probe while Cal Fire was still doing its investigation. Because remember, there has been no final conclusion based on the fire investigators themselves about this. So it's unusual for there there to be a criminal probe already that's opened into this probe. 
uh, into this. Mm, I wouldn't use probe. That's one of Chris Little's words. Oh, look at his face. Yeah, there's a whole list of what words. A, what a face of disappointment. When you're in the newsroom, you can't you use. You can't use that word either. You can't use blaze to describe a fire. I almost did that this morning and I self-edited. I, I, I caught that. You did, yeah. yeah. Uh, behind bars, you're not allowed to say that because it's it's hack, right? That, well, that's what it's not conversational. What would you say? Instead of probe? Yeah, no, instead of behind bars. In jail, in prison, uh, locked up. Where do you stand on investigations? Can they be launched or is that just no, missiles? No, no, only, missile, only missiles and projectiles can be launched. Okay. I feel like we could do this all day. And oh, ships. Yeah. ships. What else is on that list? Ships. Oh, ships. 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 Like the ships in the fleet. I don't have the list in front of me, but you guys remember it. You break the rules all the time. I never say anything. Yeah, but know, the, we do what, it on purpose. You know what you said to me one time, multiple times? What? You got to know the rules to break the rules. Oh. Because I called you out on them sometimes. And you'd yeah. say, hey, Chris, we're not supposed to say behind bars. And you'd I've say, never said behind bars. You'd say, you got to know the rules to break, to the, break rules. the rules. Yeah, you're right. Oh, I got it. I got the list. Behind bars. Blast. These are all things we are banned words from KFI. Behind bars, blasted, battling the blaze, brandish, bitter end. Oh, they're back to back, order. back to back. Wait, then back how do you describe uh, 49er Super Bowl wins? Consecutive. That's ridiculous. All the T-shirts say back to back. It's very conversational. <laughs> All right, well, some of them are. Uh, you know, we can change them. Brutally murdered. Now, I take issue with this one. Are all murders brutal? No. As opposed to ticklishly oh, okay. murdered. Some murders are uh, are kind of quiet. Are artful. No, I don't say artful. Oh. Uh, the quiet murders. Yeah, but you don't go home and say, hey, Craig, did you hear about the lady? She was brutally murdered, the lady down the street. He goes, oh, I, I thought she was just murdered. I think I would say well, maybe violently murdered. I also Can think you that, that you that's not a, on the list. You have a very weird window into their relationship. Checkered <laughs> past. Checkered past is on the list. <laughs> Coveted so, trophy. Oh, my God. Oh, here, listen to this one. Controversial. There is no reason to label anything controversial. Just let it it let it lay. It labels itself. Would you say that the Mueller report is controversial? I wouldn't uh, because that's a that's an opinion. Hmm. Interesting. Hail of bullets. Don't say. You know, yeah, that's we a, should try. Yeah. I'm going to print this out. And what we're going to do is we're going to work all of these words into the show today. For the rest of the show. Yeah. And just watch Chris's head bleed. Yeah. Uh, I'll be laying in a pool of blood. I can't wait for this. This we is my new a, favorite thing. We should make it a game. You guys keep track of which ones you said and see who gets uh, more of them checked okay. off by the end of the day. All right. Interesting choice. Competition. Right. Let's do it. Let's do it. Excellent. When we come back, proof that as we travel to hell in a handbasket, we are picking up more speed. This is just the tip of the iceberg, guys. <laughs> Gary and hey, wait Shannon. Wait a minute. You, I don't even have the list in front of me. That doesn't count. Please don't Outside is better when-
Gary and Shannon. It's Thursday. It's April 18th. No real smoking gun. You're welcome. Well, I, I think the, the writing's uh, on the wall. In the Mueller report. The writing is on the wall. But uh, it, the chairman of the House Judiciary Committee says he'll be issuing a subpoena for the full special counsel report and all the underlying materials. You know, I did see that this will spur a lot of debate. Uh, it's controversial, really. Chris is and already... people are, people are going to see what they're going to see in this report. Well, I mean, the question about whether or not while Donald Trump was stumping for president, uh, if he was colluding with Russia. He's hopping mad. He was hopping mad when he heard about the special counsel being appointed back in 2017. He said, this is the end of my presidency. Stop I'm it. F- You're making my ears bleed. Oh, Chris, that's just the tip of the iceberg. <laughs> We've got a big show on tap for you today. We'll, of course, talk about all of the fallout from the report, all of the reaction to the report. We'll get into Swamp Watch, of course, at 1230. Uh, Tech Talk coming up in the 1 o'clock hour. Mark Saltzman is going to join us. We talked earlier about the Galaxy Fold, you know, those folding phones with the screens that pop. Boom, you get bigger. Listen, they're already breaking. I don't know anybody who even has one yet, and they're already breaking. That's how uh, worthless these uh, these hinges are going to be. They're going to meet their bitter end, I'll tell you that. Mm. Do not. By the way, I don't want Jerry Nadler. I know what he's saying. He's saying that he's mad, and he's going to subpoena everybody. Well, we have been chronicling uh, unfortunate incidences of people who are are doing things to get the perfect picture to put on the gram. Most often, they're youths. They are youths. Oh, that was you. But I they don't end up dying. Yeah, you put your initials. <laughs> I said it. You just repeated it. Uh, uh, we've talked before. The woman that fell off of the uh, clock, clock tower, tower and yeah. then got an honorary degree. At Fordham. Yes. She was drinking. She broke into the clock tower, slipped and died, and they're giving her a possum. A pos- A pot. <laughs> What? Posthumous. Posthumous degree. I don't think that's a really good... No, it's not! It's not a good idea. Well, because other people are th- thinking that there's some sort of honor in her death, which is which is not true. 20-year-old college student in Iowa, uh, I good, uh, sh- from Iowa, I should say, went to Hawksbill Crag, a popular hiking destination in the Ozark Mountains in Arkansas. You know... She lost her footing on the overhanging of a rock ledge while trying to take a selfie. She fell 100 feet. All for the perfect picture. Mm-hmm. Well, we have another youth to tell you about. This guy is in Florida. I think what we'll call this segment is picking up speed segment. Mm. What we're willing to do for the perfect picture. A man in Florida has been arrested because he was wrestling with a fake alligator in a mall. All for the video. Gianni Sosa Hernandez is his name, and he's been charged with criminal mischief because he damaged the display alligator at the Falls Shopping Center in Miami-Dade County. I have a question. Go ahead. Should an alligator be a decorative display in a land where alligators do some serious destruction? Uh, Yes. I still think it's appropriate. You do? You mean in terms of killing people? Well, yeah. I mean, you got to be careful for alligators in Florida. Yes. 
So why are you going to decorate your mall with an ornamental alligator? What I want to know is why did this kid think this was a f- going to be funny? Performing he is, a wrestling move on a, on a fake alligator? He, he wanted to get the video to make it look like he was wrestling a real alligator. Not that it would be funny, but that he would be a hero, a badass. He's seen in the video removing his sweatshirt and running to the side of the display. He jumps over the barrier. He throws the fake alligator off a rock and into the display's pond. And then he picks up the alligator before performing a wrestling move on it that police identify as an RKO. Of course, the move popularized by Randy Orton. Of course. And then he pins the gator. Here's the problem. The ornamental gator was valued at about four thousand uh, dollars. That's a little expensive because when you look at it, it's just a plastic alligator. Again, I'm going back to why is this mall spending four thousand dollars on an ornamental alligator for decoration? <laughs> I think it's... that's an ill-fated purchase. <laughs> you got to iron out why they it's... did that. Well, when you're decorating, you got to put the finishing touches yeah. on your on your mall. Well, they lashed out at this kid because because oh. the alligator was so expensive. Hey, listen, these selfie deaths. This guy didn't die, I guess, fortunately. But these freak accidents that happen with selfies um, happen all the time. A recent report found that almost 260 people died. Between 2011 and 2017 while stepping in front of the camera in often dangerous situations. See, I think these are Darwin deaths. If you're going to be that dumb, but wait goodbye. Okay, but, but Weakest wait. link. Here, here's, another, here's another version of that the, the popularity that people are trying to achieve with social media. Young women, I think, is, are, are particularly vulnerable to this influence because... On Instagram, a 15-year-old girl can get three and a half million followers. Did you look at this girl's uh, this Instagram account? By I the way? made sure that I did not do it right now. Okay. I want you to do it because this is an important point. Her name? Well, I'm not going to tell your name, but you know it, so you can look her up. She has three and a half million viewers, uh, followers, I should say, on Instagram, and she is now being blasted for. There's another one being blasted for. She led fans to believe that she had married her 16-year-old boyfriend and was pregnant with his child. Yes. Okay. Now, the images that you see there, she's got three and a half million followers on Instagram. I'm not sure why. I know exactly why. Because she's she's pretending to be a a hawker. Uh, How old is she? She's fifteen. Oh no! Now what is she? What are she and a sixteen-year-old boyfriend doing in Vegas, for example? Isn't doesn't her mom run her accounts? Her mother Jennifer <laughs> runs and manages her accounts and her career. Oh my God, that's so sad. This I, this is making me really depressed. Looking through these pictures, the mom also categorically denies that the marriage claims were done for a stunt. She said that the two teenagers are YouTubers who did something. They made a promise. I would punch my son squarely in the nose if he did something as stupid as this when he was 16 years old. I would punch this mother in the face. She needs to have the daughter taken away. Absolutely. I mean, these pictures are a scantily clad, posed pictures and sexually, uh, I'm no prude. I think we all, we all know that. But this is disgusting that a mother would 
okay this and promote this and run this. Jennifer, Look at this. Jennifer. At I know. Good Lord. The mom told BuzzFeed News she finds it pretty sad that this has become such a huge deal in I response to the I find you to be sad, lady. What's the mother's name? Jennifer. All right. Same last name as the kid? Yeah, I believe so. All right. Let's see. I'm yeah. going to dig into this broad. Uh, it's just, I think that's a dangerous... And, and, and when how? the parents are are whoring their kids out on social media for money and sponsorships, why is that disgusting? Not, why is that not acknowledged? Why does mom not acknowledge that a, a great number of the three and a half million Instagram followers that her 15-year-old daughter has are pervy old men? Right. Does she not wrap her head around that? Does she think she's actually speaking to a crowd of young people and beginning some sort of – she's launching some sort of a change – in society by showing her knockers at the age of 15? I don't think you can even call them knockers. Pre-knockers? Teen knockers? Well, you know what I mean. Uh, you're right. I probably shouldn't have said any of that. No, it's fine. But I do I think know what you mean. mom needs to have the child taken away. Mom needs to go to a center. Stop sending 15-year-olds to Vegas. And then taking pictures of themselves next to the pool at Mandalay God, Bay. That dumpster fire is fully involved. <sighs> that, you can't. That doesn't count. Yeah, it does. On tap, we have what's happening. I've already done on tap. I mean, we. I guess we can repeat ourselves. We're going to hammer out all of the trending stories when we come back. <laughs> you guys are terrible. But tell me what you've done for me. Gary and Shannon. That's us. Come join us a week from tomorrow. We will be out at Wolf Creek Brewery in Santa Clarita. It's our it's our news and brews, our latest news and brews. We're going to be out there 10 to 2. It's going to be a great time. You need to do what you need to do to get there. Yeah. I mean, if you've got a lie, I can suggest to you calling in with food poisoning because there's never a follow-up question. <laughs> Hey, also check out, you can buy Wolf Creek beer in uh, stores and other restaurants all around town. Uh, all around, not just this town, but that town and that town and that town. And this month, actually, is Wolf Creek's 22nd anniversary. They've been up since, uh, open since since 1997. Maybe Clayton Kershaw will stop by. And on their website, I checked it earlier. Why would Clayton Kershaw stop by? He wears 22. Got it. Got it. Mm-hmm. Um, on their website, they're also taking reservations for Easter. So, that's fantastic. That's a good place to... To spend Easter. I can't. You go, you'd spend a little Jesus time, and then you uh, have a couple brews. Yeah. What else is going on? Time for. That's why you're no one's spiritual advice. You mean to tell me. Yes. If you had a baby tomorrow, you would not name me as the godmother? I didn't say that. What I meant, I just didn't say it like that. Bob Mueller's redacted report has arrived. Man, you name it, it is trending right now on on uh, in the United States on Twitter. These are the top trending highlights. Hashtag Mueller report, bar, hashtag Trump colluded, Comey, Robert Mueller, and hashtag National High Five Day. National High Five Day? It is. Huh. There you go. I thought we weren't doing those anymore. I thought we were doing fist bumps because... 
that has too many germs on it. Well, where's your hand been? Here, put some of this on. Thank you. Uh, the oh, oh you. The Mueller report came out early this morning, 448 pages. Uh, The Trump campaign expected to benefit from the illegal actions that we know that Russia was involved with. That was the conclusion on collusion, but that there was no outward attempt on behalf of the Trump campaign to sign up Russia to get involved in all of this. They just expected that they would. Um, in terms of the the thoroughness of this report, it is all in there. Everything, including the president's written answers to those questions that were given to him by the special counsel. Publishers are scrambling to release book editions. Two Mueller report books are already in the top 100 on Amazon.com. Is that for people who don't know how to use a computer? Yes. Oh, okay. There is an Amber Alert that is currently going on right now, issued for a teenager here in California after they figured that she had last been she was last seen with her mother and a man who are suspects in a murder. In Carson. They believe that they are in a 2013 white four-door BMW sedan with a Nevada license plate of Marimar, M-A-R-I-M-A-R. The, the the two are wanted for questioning in the death of a man found dead Tuesday in the front seat of a white Audi. Uh-oh. Uh, again, a white 2013 BMW four-door sedan, Nevada plate, M-A-R-I-M-A-R. United Airlines expects Boeing's grounded 737 MAX jets to return to service this summer with deliveries resuming before the end of the year, according to a United executive. I wonder if they'll take up the president on this and rebrand these, or they're just going to ignore the potential um, backlash. Yeah, of people not wanting to fly on these things. Yeah. I don't want to fly on these things. Yeah, but other planes have gone down, and you've flown on that same model of airplane. Yes, but I guess I didn't know about the problem of the sensors. <laughs> well, and it they're going to they're going to fix, fix all it. that. And then train all the pilots? I don't know. I trust no one anymore. I do understand the the uh, reluctance to get on that plane, but I think that once they get these things back into, uh, into operation and once they get everything updated, it should be fine. We told you about the murder of Kelsey Bereth. This was the fiancé of her. She was a young mother who, who killed her. They were searching for her body at a landfall, and they have called off that search. She was murdered by her fiancé, bludgeoned her to death with a baseball bat, and they just don't know where that body is. It's too bad. They had actually found a specific area of the landfill that they believed was going to be the location of the remains. About 65 feet long, 32 feet wide, and they said 13 feet deep. But they just couldn't find anything. They said they, they had a lack of uh, discarded mail, no local newspapers, typical ranch debris that would come out of that transfer station in Divide, Colorado. So the police chief simply said, I do not believe it's prudent to continue. Remember, the the side story was that this fiancé had this woman who, who really liked him and uh, wanted to have an affair with him. And maybe they started an affair. And he called her after he beat his fiance to death with a baseball bat. He called this girl and said, you need to come over here. There's a uh, there's there's a mess you need to clean up. And so she goes over there and cleans up all the blood and all of that. 
And do you remember he had tied the sweater around her head? Because like they were was, doing the scented candles. He was like, smell this candle. And then he beat her with a baseball. Good Lord. What a wonderful man. The NFL schedule oh, is, is out. At least happiness. Oh, such it? happiness. It's so funny. I um, I got the schedule last night and I'm writing it down in my planner like because I'm 85 years old and I'm the only person that doesn't use their phone. <laughs> and I started getting really tired all of a sudden. Just going through all the Speaking of traveling. The games, yeah. But it's going to be <laughs> such a great season. Um, they said the 2019 will be the NFL's 100th season and the 50th season of Monday Night Football, if you can believe that. They are talking about a first-ever rematch of uh, Monday Night Football games, Browns versus Jets, for week number one. Uh, so <laughs> thought that was kind of funny. I got an alert as well that said that the 49ers are in three primetime games. The Chargers are in four. The Patriots are in five. Wow. It's insane. Uh, it looks like the the Rams were heavily favored, more so than I think they should be. Um, because Favored to win it all? I feel like, uh, no, I mean, the, or, Vegas has them, I think, pretty far up on the list. I think Philadelphia is still leading. Um but I don't know when you look at the Rams down the stretch in the playoffs. And I was listening to Dan Patrick this morning, and he said that a lot of people have figured out Sean McVay. And they, remember, they used to do all that stuff pre-snap, and people started to figure him out down the stretch of the season. Well, and isn't the ghost of Todd Gurley's knee going to come back to haunt There's them? arthritis. Who knows how that's going to play out? Arthritis doesn't follow any sort of playbook. You can't just get in there and fix it. Dr. Shannon. I have the Chargers at 12 and 4. They've been blessed with a nice schedule. Wow. So that's your preseason prediction? 12 yeah. wins? Yeah. Write that down. I said somewhere. 11 and 5 last year. You did? I did. Wow. Prognosticator over here. I'm like that octopus. Mm -hmm. Paul the octopus that would uh, prognosticate when it came to the World Cup. Well, if you have any fiscal questions, you can ask Shannon. Any gubernatorial questions? I'm your gal. Your gal. When we come back, Glenn Pomeroy from the California <laughs> Earthquake Authority is going to join us. We talk about the latest. We do this every year, the earthquake auction. Yeah. We have some pretty incredible things that we're going to be auctioning off to benefit the California Earthquake Authority. And Swamp Watch coming up at the bottom of the hour. More on the what? Do we still do that? We'll give away $1,000 when we come back. That's a coveted trophy right there. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we've got to stop doing this I know, because the show it. sounds like crap yes. when we do it. Too many insights. Too many insights. And $1,000 and Swamp Watch. Still all kinds of show to come. Gary and Shannon, let's start this segment off with $1,000 you could win. Here's how you pick it up. Win $1,000 right now. Text the nationwide keyword INCOME, I-N-C-O-M-E, to 200-200. You'll get a text confirming entry plus iHeartRadio info. Standard data and message rates apply in this nationwide contest. That's INCOME to 200-200. Of course, if you win, they'll contact you by phone, but you got to pick up the phone to win that $1,000. you got another chance to win next hour, about 20 minutes after the hour. In fact, every hour through the first hour of the Conway Show, we're giving away $1,000 an hour here on KFI.
Well, we have uh, one of our friends of the show visiting us today, Glenn Pomeroy. Morning. Good to see you guys. From the California Earthquake Authority. How are you? Yeah, I'm great. Good to see you. I'm glad you're here today because I just saw this news item. A new study went looking for tiny earthquakes in Southern California and found 1.8 million of them over a decade, 10 times more uh, than scientists had thought. thought I felt something. Now, they were all so tiny, yeah. nobody felt them. But they may help us understand bigger ones, Gary. Of course. <laughs> it's all true. And I mean, the fact of the matter is we're learning more about the, uh, what, the danger that lies beneath all the time. And the fact of the matter is the scientists just say, just plan on it. We're going to get hit by another big one for sure. Yeah. 99% probability of a Northridge-sized earthquake, 6.7, happening again uh, sometime in the next 30 years. It could be today or weeks from now. Sometime in the next 30 years, we're going to hit again for sure. Plan on it. So we have bidding open for the annual Get Prepared California auction to talk about today. Yeah, this is one of the favorite things I do at the California Earthquake Authority. We team up with iHeart once a year and do this auction for the American Red Cross. Uh, iHeart arranges these amazing things for people to bid on, and, and then then people bid, and the, all the money that's that's raised goes to support this incredible organization that's there for us when disaster strikes. And we've had plenty of that lately. Red Cross shelters have been popping up all over the state to take care of wildfire victims and so on. And someday they'll be there taking care of earthquake victims. And, and this is our way to support the great work that they do. Yeah, I bet you're quite busy with the uh, campfire and all of that. Well, America Red Cross sure was. Yeah. I went up to uh, Reading and, and spent time in the Red Cross shelter. And it's a, it's a sobering experience when, you know, you go into the gymnasium and you see people who are sleeping on cots for weeks because um, uh, their home's been destroyed and they can't. They haven't figured out their next step yet, but the Red Cross is there to support them in that. Uh, so we need to support them. Does the California Earthquake Authority learn from disasters like that that aren't necessarily earthquakes but are definitely impactful? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, big disasters really stress the systems. Just simple things like getting getting insurance adjusters in there to try to figure out uh, what, what they owe in terms of insurance claims. That's all hard to do when the entire community has been roped off by police lines. So we learn more about how to get ready to work through those kind of problems. Uh, and then just collectively, it's a good reminder for everyone that you got to be insured for these kind of things. Um, your homeowner's insurance doesn't cover you for uh, earthquake damage. And so the only way that a community is going to recover from an uh, earthquake is that if people have earthquake insurance, if they do, we're going to be there for them and we're going to help them get back on their feet. There's a great auction items. Yeah. You have so many huge stars that <laughs> have signed on for for meet and greets and photos and concerts and just a lot of great uh, Aerosmith, uh, Janet Jackson, Michael Bublé, Rob Thomas, Rolling Stones, Def Leppard, uh Billie yeah. Eilish. And a lot of those come with meet and greet opportunities. JLo? Yeah. Want to go J-Lo, backstage with JLo? Gwen uh, Stefani? Yeah. Uh, um, uh, uh, amazing. Well, that's that's iHeart's credit. Gary yeah. Hoffman. Yeah, I didn't see that part. It's right, right by uh, Boys to Men and Cardi B. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll be busy with both of them. That's for sure. We also have a, a very special night that we're doing. It's a night of magic with uh, with the KFI team that we understand. That just based on the location, we're not allowed to actually say specifically where it is. But we can say Franklin. Right, on the hill or something like sure. that, something like that. Uh, so, but it will be, I think it's, you know, whatever the price is, those have been fantastic in terms of getting together. For us, it's fun because we get to see the other hosts, which we don't see a lot. 
but that we all get to meet all of the people who have been listening on a regular basis. It sounds like a magical event. Absolutely. <laughs> Clippers, Chargers, Dodgers tickets, Kings tickets, even the NFL in London. I mean, there's if you're a sports fan, music fan, anything. There's all kinds of stuff that's available. Chevy Silverado, what they call the earthquake package. That's got tents and sleeping bags and food and, and duct tape, items you need to and survive Petros. an earthquake. Petros, I heard, is in the in the cab of that Silverado. He's sitting, oh. he's sitting uh, passenger. Yeah. That's, oh. that's fantastic. <laughs> well, that'd be interesting. <laughs> I would <Petros>. be. <laughs> we will make sure that we throw up the links to the uh, the auction. It goes live, I think, next week But uh, in terms of opening for bidding, right? Is that right? It's today. It goes it, open today. Yeah, it's it's, uh, it's live. All right. Keep them going now, and so it's going to go, go for the next few weeks. Imagine that. You go on right now. You get to see 21 pilots in Brooklyn with a meet and photo experience package, and you could probably get in there for whatever the minimum bid is right now. And if nobody else even sees it, you win. That's, that's amazing. Yeah experience money can't buy elsewhere. Absolutely. Well, Glenn, uh, for more information about Earth, the Earthquake Authority, you can go to earthquakeauthority.com, um, but we'll make sure that we have the links up to the uh, to the auction items, et cetera, up for us for getpreparedcalifornia.org. That's right. Thank you very much. You guys do a wonderful job and, and really appreciate iHeart's work here. Together, we're we're helping California get better prepared. Thanks, Thank you. Glenn. Thank you for the Thank post-it you. notes. You're welcome. Thank he you. He loves post-it notes. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Thanks. All right, we come back. Swamp Watch, more about the Mueller report and also other stuff that's going on in D.C. today. Gary and Shannon, KFI AM To Swamp Watch, Victor has dug up some details about the Robert Kraft massage video. I'm afraid of Victor's uh, internet history. Now. I am too, but he's doing it for the greater good of the show. Representatives of the Blast were propositioned, well, not propositioned, but said, hey, you want this video? Apparently somebody's shopping it around to media outlets. And they were able to view some of the footage to verify its ethnicity. Ethnicity? Okay. <laughs> I didn't really. I wonder what Chris says about made-up words. <laughs> um, <laughs> anyway, uh, the tape does appear to show craft in the flesh. Oh, in, in the <laughs> stop right there. <laughs> in the massage parlor with another person. The massage therapist, presumably, in the video, 77-year-old Kraft, already undressed, laying on the massage table with his hands placed behind his bed. The camera angle is an overhead shot. And that's all I can tell you. That's all that I can tell you about and feel okay going to sleep tonight. You got that far, though, didn't you? It's disgusting. Anyway, we'll all see that eventually. No, we won't. I'm uh, not you know look what? At it. I think you will. I think you will. I've, I've I've known some of the things that you've looked at before, and I think you'll. I'm not going to say you'll find joy in it, perhaps, but you'll look at it, weirdo. It's time for Swamp Watch. Drain the swamp. We're going to drain the swamp of Washington. We're going to have fun doing it. We're all doing it together. Swap Watch. 
It's very funny. I was trying to find some stuff that uh, wasn't Bob was Mueller taking place in Washington D.C. that had nothing to do with Bob Mueller or William Barr or anything. Here's what I found. Nothing. Majority Leader Mitch McConnell says he wants to introduce legislation to raise the minimum age for buying tobacco products, including vaping devices, to 21 years old. There you go. Shares of Marlboro, which owns a 35% stake in Juul, fell 3% on the news. Philip Morris, uh, British American Tobacco, also traded lower. Um, And then Herman Cain... Also says he's very committed to his potential Fed nomination. He's not going to remove himself from consideration for a seat on the Fed Reserve Board, told the Wall Street Journal. Uh, The uh, former restaurant executive, former presidential candidate, said that he had not yet formally nominated pending the White House vetting. He told the paper he's very committed to continuing with this process. But a bunch of people have said that there is no real clear path for Herman Cain to be confirmed as a matter of fact because four republican senators have said that they would not vote for him in part because of some sexual assault allegations that ended his presidential bid back in 2012 well i know we are going to be going live to capitol hill to talk about the bob Mueller report what's in it what the reaction has been but before we do that i thought that one conversation you and i could have is uh the the idea that congress could look at whether the president obstructed justice and do you think that's going to happen uh, Bob Mueller suggesting that Congress could dig into this. Well, that's the only thing that can happen. I mean, if that, that's what Democrats can get out of this. The Democrats who are in control of these uh, committees in in the House. That's what they're resting. Uh, that's what they're hanging their hat on right now is that because uh, because Bob Mueller did not conclude one way or the other about the obstruction. In fact, said if uh, the basics of it, but if. He could exonerate the president. He would, but that he can't. What will Congress find out that Bob Mueller was not able to find out? Or will Congress digest the same information in a different way? That's a great question, because I don't know what sort of uh, listen, they can they can if you wanted to take it as far as saying that they wanted to draw up articles of impeachment. The bar is different from them than it would have been for Robert Mueller in terms of a prosecution. So they can they can come up with they can look at that same information and suggest that it may not have risen to the level of a criminal trial. But for them and for their purposes, they'll sort of goose them up a little bit, perhaps. I think I think that this is a matter of them just looking at the same information and saying, I can't believe that Bob Mueller didn't see what we see when it comes to the potential for obstruction, because there are what was it? Uh, ten examples in the uh, in the Mueller report, ten instances of potential obstruction of justice. And there, there are things that we've all heard of. There are no surprises in here today. Things like letting, um, letting go uh, Jim Comey. But before that, talking with Jim Comey about letting Michael Flynn go. The reaction to the ongoing Russia investigation, which was trying to put pressure on Jeff Sessions to unrecuse himself to get back in front of this thing and fire Bob Mueller. I loved the nugget about the president's reaction when special counsel was appointed back in May 2017. It was actually Rod Rosenstein who called Jeff Sessions and Jeff Sessions who then relayed the information to the president. And upon hearing this, the president allegedly said, oh, my God, this is terrible. This is the end of my presidency. I'm effed. How could you let this happen, Jeff? (laughs) 
and he was pissed. Uh, I think it was Hope Hicks who also told. Remember, she was the uh, the young Office of Communications director, I think, at the time. She said that she rarely saw the president that angry about anything. Well, he said, uh, according to the report, that everyone tells me if you get one of these independent councils, it ruins your presidency. It takes years and years, and I won't be able to do anything. And some people took that statement this morning and said, see, he's guilty. He knows he colluded, and that's why he's upset over it. But that's not really what that quote means, is it? It, it just means that when you have an independent council, it's like a dark cloud hanging over your presidency, and it's hard to get things done when Congress is obsessed with this. Yeah, the there was that's the that's an example of Democrats in Congress are trying to read something into that. They were suggesting, and I saw this written up today, that the president was concerned that a special counsel's investigation would find a whole series of other problems, potential crimes. Uh, financial crimes, which it did eventually, none of them implicating him that we know of, but all of the uh, the potential for them to go through and just find a bunch of other. I mean, that's why Paul Manafort, that's why Rick Gates, that's why George Papadopoulos, that's why all of those guys were taken down was because of financial crimes or just lying about the potential contacts with Russia. Okay, we'll get the latest from Capitol Hill when we come back. Gary and Shannon. Shannon. Top of the hour, we're going to revisit the story. Those 911 calls that started the Turpin case. We'll talk about that at 1 o'clock. Also, Tech Talk, Mark Saltzman is going to join us in the 1 o'clock hour and some fun science stories that we'll be getting to. But we continue with Swamp Watch right now. Yes, and it's all about the Bob Mueller report finally revealed. A nearly 400-page redacted report. And depends on who you ask how it's been received. We've got Republicans praising the Attorney General and Democrats calling for him to resign. Watching all of it is Mona Kosar-Abdi. She is on Capitol Hill and joins us now. Mona, what's the latest? Right, Jan. There are starkly different reactions depending on what side of the political aisle you're on. We heard from House Judiciary Chairman Jerry Nadler, who says that um, he's had a chance to skim the report, but... From what he saw so far, he says this report reveals disturbing evidence that the president did, in fact, engage in obstruction and other misconduct. Then you have Republicans saying, game over. It's time to move on. They are declaring victory. And they say that, once again, the bottom line findings uh, support the president's claim that there was no obstruction and no collusion. We were rolling with this question a little earlier. What is the chance that that Congress does move on? Or are we going to see the House, especially Democrats, controlled house go after that question of obstruction of justice in the different committee investigations well gary this is actually just the beginning of a new chapter for democrats we have the house intelligence chair uh, who we're about to hear from uh, in any second now adam schiff and the house judiciary chair jerry nadler who we just heard from who are both now requesting that Mueller come to capitol hill and testify in front of their committees and the american people they say that um, the attorney general did irreparable damage by how he mishandled the release of the report. We heard yesterday um, from House Democrats who said that they wanted the attorney general to cancel that press conference that he did. They said that he was going to uh, once again put his own um, spin 
in um, on the Mueller report in favor of the president. And then once we did hear the attorney general, similarly to the uh, report that he or the summary that he released uh, shortly after the uh, Mueller report was submitted to the DOJ, once again, summarized that there was no collusion um, and that he and the attorney and the deputy attorney general reached the conclusion that there was no obstruction. Then Democrats said, once again, you know, this was inappropriate. Uh, he took it too far and that the only way to correct this and restore uh, the American people's trust is to hear from Robert Mueller himself. So this is just the beginning. He now has a May deadline. So a less redacted report goes to the gang of eight. And then what happens? Right. So, again, we heard from uh, Nancy Pelosi. We heard from uh, Chuck Schumer and Jerry Nadler, who all three uh, top Democratic leaders are saying that they want to see the full report. Um, We know that uh, Jerry Nadler has that uh, subpoena in his back pocket for the full report. But in a sense of uh, extending an olive branch, almost in a gesture of extending an olive branch, the attorney general said that he would be willing to release the unredacted report to uh, the Gang of Eight and and have them comb through it as well. But they say that they have more questions for Mueller and they want to take the attorney general out of this and they want to hear directly from him and ask him questions. Jerry Nadler said that he believes the investigation uh, or Mueller's report was intended to be a roadmap for Congress um, to go ahead and pursue if there was any uh, misconduct or any of the president did engage in obstruction of justice, but that Barr was interfering with it through his press conferences, through his redactions uh, and so forth. But again, the attorney general has said he he is willing to release that unredacted report, but it's still not enough. You didn't get it on CD-ROM like everybody else did, did you? Me? No, I'm in, I'm in the 21st century, so <laughs> <laughs> I did get it through uh, PDF. Okay, just like everybody else. CD-ROM. Awesome. Good luck. Yeah. I, mean, I heard that. In, uh, well, they had, to, they had to like blow the dust off, pull out of these, these old know. computers out of the closets to even uh, to display this thing. All right, Mona, thank you. We appreciate it. <laughs> Thank you. Mona Kosar-Abdi there on Capitol Hill with the latest on the uh, on the report. I see you put the Giants game on. It looks beautiful there today. It's in Washington. Right. Yeah. It Gosh, is beautiful Gorgeous. There, except for the score. Other than that, everything's fine. Well, you should get used to that. I'm just saying it as a friend. No, don't go. Don't leave. I was just, I was just saying it as a friend. Every time I close my eyes too tight, it's the fall of 1920. Shannon. You heard Mona mention this a few minutes ago. It's like uh, Adam Schiff is going to make some comments regarding the the Mueller report that came out today. A bunch of people are suggesting that William Barr, the Attorney General, is uh, trying to cover up something. Um, you, you don't have to watch his news conference. I don't think a lot of people were even up at 6.30 to watch his news conference on the West Coast. Just read the report. Uh, go through it yourself. Come to your own conclusions. We got it up on the website. If you go to KFIAM640.com, the bottom of the hour, we're going to get into some weird science stories. We have Tech Talk with Mark Saltzman still to come. But the story that we brought to you earlier today was a story of new details that have uh, arisen in the Turpin case. We've seen headlines on this case 
ever since January 2018 when this family was discovered. Their 17-year-old daughter was able to escape their home in Paris and call 911. And for the first time, we're hearing that 911 tape today. And keep in mind, she's 17. And this is what she sounds like. My parents are abusing. They abuse us. And my two little sisters right now are chained up. There's 13 kids. And then a mother and father. And how many of your siblings are tied up? Two of my sisters, one of my brothers. How are they tied up? With rope or with what? With chains. They're chained up to their bed. So tomorrow, mom and dad, if you can even call them that, are in court to be sentenced for torturing most of their 13 children that they kept captive. Chris Ann Carlo gets to cover all the great stories, all the the fun, not traumatic at all stories, it seems like. It's been a trend lately, yeah. <laughs> it really has. Uh, you are going to be covering this. You have covered uh, the Turpin case for a while. What do you expect tomorrow? There is a strong possibility based off of some comments that were made during the plea, which came down in February, and also some comments that have come out since then, that we could see for the first time since the parents have been arrested, one of the children actually confront the parents. Because tomorrow's going to be the sentencing by law, uh, by uh, I think it's Megan's law, the, the victims get a chance to actually confront the, whoever it is that perpetrated the crime against them, in this case, David and Louise Turpin. And so we could see some of those adult children. We could see even some of the younger children take the stand for their victim statement. And not only for the first time to David and Louise, but also to the general public will we have heard from them because they have been basically in isolation since everything came down last January. And that's part of what makes this 911 tape so explosive, although I would argue with the point that it is an exclusive because everybody who has been covering this case heard this 911 tape during the preliminary hearing. And I remember just the air being sucked out of the courtroom as the 911 tape was being played because for the first time we heard a Turpin child. And it sounded as if we were listening to a preschooler outline you know, what they did for the day. I've got a two-year-old, and right. I, I mean, I think she sounds pretty close to what this 17-year-old sounded like in some cases. And prosecutors... Before they played this tape, outline why we were going to hear what we were going to hear in terms of the, the intonation of her of her voice and th- her vocabulary. Number one, she's had no formal education uh, and whatever education was purported to have had in the home had stopped a long time ago. And two, the malnourishment had essentially robbed her of her ability to grow beyond that of a normal teenager. And so her vocal cords also had been malformed because of the malnourishment and she sounds much younger than she is and it's just staggering it's stunning to hear and i i understand why people are going crazy over this right now because so many folks have not heard this before and you hear it and it's like 17 years old my goodness and that's just a, a small part of this tragedy what's amazing about this is you hear the the dispatcher i mean imagine being the dispatcher on the end of this call and you think okay this isn't real you can almost hear the incredulous nature like she She's like, oh, really? They're chained up? How are they chained up? (laughs) Like, she can't believe it. Yeah. But I can't imagine this is something like it that happens a lot. Someone claims that. I hope not. Yeah. Almost never. And I think this was one of those moments where you heard someone who is trained to be even keel in all situations. 
And uh, there was kind of, you know, we don't, we don't have the full 17 minutes to play, but there was a um, kind of an epiphanous moment as, as she's going on where she starts to realize, oh, no, this is for real. And we need to get a police officer to you immediately. Now, keep in mind, Jordan, when she, Jordan is the 17 year old who had escaped here. Um, what, what she had done was she had, was able to get one of her brother's deactivated cell phones. You can still call 911 from a deactiv- deactivated cell phone. She sneaks out of the window and she's on a street and she doesn't even understand where she is. She doesn't understand what a street is, what infrastructure is, where she is. And she sounds kind of calm, which for me was a little spooky and also a, a testament to her character to be able to get out of there. I uh, am a little bit confused and happy that we haven't heard about these adult kids, Mm. you know, that reporters haven't clawed their way into wherever they are or or finagled their way or lied their way or manipulated their way to get any nuggets about what's going on with these grown children. Um, I, I just hope that it's because reporters have had respect for the healing process <laughs> that's but i on. i gotta believe that these kids are just being protected so fiercely by whomever that 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 is the case and not the the warm hearts of reporters yeah i'm a little irritated that we're talking about the 911 tape i'll be perfectly honest okay. as somebody who covers this case um and has covered this case the prosecution made a very deliberate attempt to say we're playing this for you but we don't want this played beyond because there is an element of protection for the kids. And there's also an element of um, voyeurism and sensationalism that goes along with this. That audio has been played. Pandora's box has been open, which is why we're talking about it right now. Um, I think beyond that, certainly there are people that are trying to get in touch with the, the adult children. I think people want to, I want to hear from them. You know, you know, I, I, I understand that impulse, but we're also talking about something that, you know, these aren't elected officials. These aren't people that wanted the spotlight. These are people who quite literally did not know the rest of the world existed. Yeah. Until they're, they're victims of crime. A year and a half ago. Exactly. I mean, and if it weren't for uh, literally the high profile nature, we might never have, we might never have known Jordan's name, for example. Yeah. Because she was considered a victim of a crime and a lot of media outlets would never publish that name. And, and the problem is that once you pierce that bubble... The rush is going to be so extreme to these kids that even if it's just one of them, they are going to be surrounded by media and by everybody trying to get a piece of them, just even for a comment, much less whatever else is out there. Do we know uh, to that end? I mean, do we know anything about where they are, their living conditions? Are they living together? Are they in separate homes? From what I understand, uh, and I, it's been a while since I've, I've keyed in on that specific question, but from, from what I understand, the younger ones have been separated from the older ones uh, in separate homes, in separate, um, not facilities, but you know, actual homes. And uh, there has been limited communication amongst them. Again, that's kind of old information. I don't, I don't want to speak too far out of bounds. Uh, and to their credit, the Riverside County District Attorney's Office has been good at capping this information, you know, and they've been good at kind of drawing boundaries around, okay, this is appropriate, this is inappropriate in terms of what should be pursued and what should be talked about. And this is one of those cases where journalistically, I mean, you, you really kind of have to check your ethics a little bit because if you could go for the story, you could go for that blockbuster, hey, I've got the, you know, 17 year old on the phone, but do you want to? No. Right. God. Yeah. All right. I, I think you're right, though. I think it's just human nature that we're curious as to how they're 
healing if that's happening. And that human nature will be satiated tomorrow in all likelihood if, uh, according to what prosecutors have said or insinuated and what we're kind of hearing bubble up, we could very well see for the first time that, I mean, that is going to be dramatic. It's going to be explosive if that is the case where some of these kids actually talk to David and Louise Turpin at this sentencing hearing tomorrow. Oh my gosh, I can't even imagine. Would what you, time is it going to happen? Uh, yeah, I got to check my count. I'm pretty sure it's uh, it's the early morning session. Okay. I got to double check them. Would there would that be an event where the judge would be able to close the courtroom and say no no coverage of this outside of No, but the judge has already laid down an order for no um no pictures, no video recording inside, which again kind of corroborates the idea that this could happen tomorrow. Right. Uh, but there will be reporters in there. I'll be in there. So we'll talk about it again probably would, tomorrow. Would you mind if we called you tomorrow? You guys, yeah. I, 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 I will probably I mean, I pick know, up you my You went through this thing where you telephone. stopped answering calls from us. Did I? Well, Did that happen? he's very popular on Twitter. Yeah. He's got a lot of followers, and I get it. I'm glad that you're looking it up right now. I'm just trying to find. <laughs> it's like you're up around the 3K mark, right? You're around 3,000. Uh, there are there are many millions of people that care about what I have to say you on an hour by hour basis. You're you're funny on Twitter. It's very good at Chris Carlo <laughs> with a K. Follow him. It's good uh, stuff. at your own risk. Thanks, That's man. Probably the best way to put it. Anytime, guys. We got a thousand bucks. We're gonna give away, and Mark Saltzman's gonna join us in a few minutes. Tech talk right after this. Tell her, tell her, baby, 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 I tell her, baby, 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 I'm a fireball. What did you do with my pipe? We didn't bring it in today. Okay, but you did take it home yesterday. Back to the office. Yes, it's back okay. there somewhere. Bottom of the hour, we're going to get into some cool sciencey stories. We can't leave our toys around here because John and Ken will steal them. <laughs> They'll throw them away. Like when they stole that unicorn toy. You don't put your Legos away. I'm going to throw them in the garbage. Uh, we have $1,000 we're giving away, though. Here's how you can win it. Win $1,000 right now. Text the nationwide keyword COFFEE, C-O-F-F-E-E, to 200-200. You'll get a text confirming entry plus iHeartRadio info. Standard data and message rates apply in this nationwide contest. That's COFFEE to 200-200. If you win, they'll contact you by phone, but you got to pick up the phone to pick up $1,000. Do not worry, though, if you don't win this hour. We're giving $1,000 away every hour between 5 in the morning with Jonesy and Wake Up Call. Through about 6.20 at night, the first hour of that Conway show. Hey, look at that. It's 1.20 on Thursday. You know what that means. Tech the machines are getting smarter. This is Tech Talk. Brought to you by Skynet. Hey, guys. Hey, Mark. How are you today? I am wonderful. Thank you. Mark you ready Saltzman. to brush off that pocket protector? Put that tape in the middle of your glasses? You're are we ready to geek out for a few minutes? Damn right. Let's nerd <laughs> it right. up in here. <laughs> Hey, I, I saw this uh, report. We've talked about the Galaxy Fold before, the cool new foldable phone. Um, but maybe not all that it's, watch this, cracked up to be. <laughs> uh, well, I don't know if the reporting cracks, but there are a few journalists who have reported some uh, screen issues, um, including like, yeah, half of the device uh, flickering and all that. I haven't had an issue. So let's just bring everybody up to speed first. Uh, so Samsung is uh, this summer coming out, uh, or uh, I think on sale soon for pre-order, but they're coming out with this, their, their first foldable smartphone. So when it's, it's collapsed, it's a four plus inch uh, device fits in your hand of course uh, to take calls and texts and all that but then you open it up to a seven plus inch 
tablet, if you will, so ideal for reading ebooks and watching video and playing games. So they had this event in uh, the, in New York, and we many journalists, including myself, were handed one to review. And there have been a couple of reports of issues with some of the ones that journalists got. The, the issue, I think, that we're, we're seeing time and time again online is that there's a protective layer, a film, a, a screen on top of the screen that some journalists thought was temporary, that you peel it off, right? You know how sometimes you get a phone that has that little thing and you're supposed to remove it or a TV or something, but apparently you're not supposed to remove it. And, uh, there, this, this screen protector has, once it's removed, obviously opens up the, the, the device to some vulnerabilities, including this flickering issue where half of the screen wasn't working when it was unfolded. So yeah, so there's a, a, a bit of a, you know, some buzz going on on Twitter, not positive, but Samsung's got some time to figure this out because it's not coming out till the summer. So, you know, hopefully they'll get this resolved because they want this to be a hit, even though it is an expensive device at nearly two grand. What's going on with this Rove Bolt? Yeah, so a lot of people love having a personal smart speaker at home, uh, be it uh, Google or Amazon, the Alexa devices. And if you've got a newer vehicle, you have CarPlay or Android Auto. So you snap in your smartphone and then you've got much of that same functionality. You use your voice to hear your text, to get directions, to take calls, make calls and get sports scores and weather and all that. But if you don't have a vehicle that has Android Auto, then there is this $50 device called the Rove Bolt from Anchor. And you simply plug it into your cigarette lighter socket, uh, also known or more politically correctly known as the 12 volt adapter. And then it, uh, it makes a, a wireless handshake with your smartphone. It only works with Android for now, but now you've got Google. You can say, you know, if I say it, it's going to wake up my smart speaker, which is beside me, but you say, Hey, and you know, the G hey, word, you, Hey, you, and then now you've got basically Android auto in an older vehicle that doesn't have Android auto. So it's kind of cool because it's only 50 bucks and, um, it doesn't, uh, suck up any power from your smartphone. It just uses your vehicle's electricity and that's kind of cool. So it just goes into the 12 volt port and then you use your voice going forward. So people like this device. If you're interested in it, it's called Rove and it's spelled R O A V bolt. And the reviews are quite positive. Uh, I was reading through your article that you wrote for Costco regarding uh, getting a mm-hmm. camera versus a phone. I thought it was funny because we'd asked a friend the other day, hey, do you know anybody who's a good photographer the, for the daughter's prom coming up? And he just pulled his phone out of his pocket. And he said, that's <laughs> yeah. a perfectly fine fo- uh, picture uh, camera right there. So, yes, smartphone photography is getting better and better all the time. But for those once-in-a-lifetime moments like graduation, your kid's wedding, your, you know, your grandma's 100th birthday party, you should, if you can, use a, a much better camera to immortalize those those precious moments. So maybe it's an SLR, a single-lens reflex camera, or a, what we call a, a compact uh, a digital camera, uh, sorry, a compact uh, system camera, which means you can still change the lenses, but it's uh, it doesn't have uh, the mirror inside. Either one of those are a much better option than your smartphone. But yeah, day-to-day photography, go crazy. You've got this thing in your pocket, which can take some pretty amazing photos, uh, include, including that blurred background effect, like that bokeh effect. Uh, but if you are, if you do have a, a, a bigger camera, a dedicated camera, there are some advantages. So that's what I explored in this Costco Connection uh, article. I acknowledge that, yeah, smartphone photography is getting much better, but there's still some advantages to a, a standalone camera. So you get better image quality, you've got better 
zoom because you have a lens that will actually move closer to the subject, whereas most smartphones have no or little zoom. And then also you're, um, they're more rugged. You can buy like a waterproof uh, camera for under a hundred bucks, not one of those SLR ones, but you can buy a, a point and shoot camera that you want to bring to, uh, you know, go, going away on spring break and you want to go underwater with it. You may want to not, not do that with your smartphone. Awesome. Well, Mark, we're going to make sure that we throw up the links uh, uh, up on our website so that you can check out all of Mark's stuff and follow Mark on Twitter, Mark with a C underscore Saltzman. Have a great day. And to you, Thank Gary Chandler. Thanks, guys. All right. Uh, when we come back, we got a cool bunch of stories here that are kind of, well, they're sciencey and weird and fun and a little strange, to be honest. Oh, I think you're onto something right there. By the like, way, we're giving away a four-pack of tickets to the Newport Beach Boat Show happening April 25th through the 28th at Lido Marina Village, the West's oldest and biggest yacht show. You can spend the day touring some of the biggest, finest yachts. Free off-site parking and shuttle service for information and to buy tickets. Visit Newport, NewportBeachBoatShow.com. But if you're caller number five five right now you'll win a four pack of tickets 1-800-520-1-KFI 800-520-1534 yeah it's time to call caller five let's call yeah caller five picking up that four pack of tickets to the newport beach boat show gary and shannon Gary and Shannon. Of course, the John and Ken show comes up at the top of the hour. They'll be talking a lot more about the Mueller report that was released very early this morning to the public. William Barr, the attorney general, held that news conference about an hour and a half later. Uh, or Sorry, an hour and a half before the, uh, the report was released to Congress and then to the general public. So more of that coming up a little bit later. We got a whole bunch of little stories here, little fun stories that... Uh, you might call them a weird science. How about strange hey, science? Ew. Strange science. Strange science. It's It's like weird science, but strange. I saw this headline and promptly sent it to several people who I know have beards. <laughs> Men with beards have more germs than dogs. Uh, How many germs do you think is in James Harden's beard? Oh, I think there are families of like of families of, of undiscovered creatures, creatures in there. Like dragons? There might be dragons in there. This is a new study from uh, Hirslanden Clinic near Zurich, Switzerland. Oh, sure. You've been there? Close to it. Bearded guys have more germs than a dog's fur. They evaluated humans and dogs in the same MRI scanner. They were saying, could we use an MRI scanner on humans and dogs, and would it be hygienic if we did so? So they looked at the CFUs of human pathogenic microorganisms and specimens taken from 18 bearded men and 30 furry dogs. CFUs? Colony-forming units. Oh, right. Bacterial load in colony-forming units. Researchers also compared the extent of bacterial contamination of an MRI scanner used by both dogs and humans 
with two other MRI scanners that were simply, exclusively used on humans. Now, turns out, every single man with a beard showed high microbial counts compared to about, mm, what would that be, 80%, 60% of dogs? In well, fact, what? I was Are you going to see how many beards well, are up in there? Yeah, I was going to ask Blake if he could talk about what's living in his beard. Uh, Nick's got a beard as well. I don't, yeah, I, I, smaller, I think. Yeah. I don't know. I think we'd be able to see the, the, the mites in Nick's beard if there were any. But this Blake's, is coming off. Blake's is uh, darker. And it's been here for quite a while. So, um, yeah, I really I can't attest for what's actually in there or not. Um, could we do testing on it? I don't care. That's fine with me. If you pay well, for the testing, go it, for it. This is important because, like I'm I said. I'm not shaving it off, though. That's not part of the test. Every single one of the bearded men showed high microbial counts, and a third of them had so much nasty beard bacteria going on that they are actually at risk of getting sick. Mm. Well, I wash mine quite thoroughly every evening. So Yeah, we're clean people. Yeah. Sometimes twice mm. a day we wash. You wash your beard twice a day? What do you I, wash it I don't with? Really, do you I wouldn't shampoo? call this a beard. It's no, just, it's like a goatee. Yeah, and it's coming off tonight. Do you uh, do you use shampoo on it, Blake? No, mine's usually just the the soap. Like, oh. Um, I've been known to shampoo it on occasion. Do you do those like beard oils that are? Pretty I have a beard. Trendy? I have a beard butter, which doesn't work like well for uh, just... making it sound better. I'm going to make a request. <laughs> we never, ever, ever <laughs> again use the term beard. Butter, that's the last time. It's been said twice. It shall never thus be spoken again. Put it on Chris Little's list. Oh, <laughs> beard butter. Stop it. That was three. What do you want me to call it then? I don't care. Listen, I don't need to know that much. That you what know it's, what I... It's what it's marketed as. How about like a beard salve? No. Oh. Do you um, know what I remembered as soon as the words beard butter escaped Blake's mouth? That Blake used to wear a man bun. That's he, true. That might come back. So get ready. When would that come back? Well, when the hair's long enough. It's just not there. Give me time. Don't do that again. Why? Yeah, you went through that phase and it's You're over. a grown-ass man. I've been through the phase three times. Who? Why not a fourth? Beard butter. I think today's the day. Today's the day Gary's going to have a come-to-Jesus talk with you about... Jesus had long hair. Correct. Mm-hmm. There were no barbers in the ah, testaments. I feel like that's... What? <laughs> There were no barbers in the Testaments? Everybody knows that. Man, you learned so much in Catholic school. Parents got their money's worth, that's for sure. <clears throat> I have a good relationship. with Blake, Jesus had long hair, that's your argument? No, I was just... No, that's not why. Okay. I have long. I get long hair when I want long hair. That's the only reason I need. He also wore uh, tunics and robes a lot. A lot of that sounds good. Uh, you know how comfortable that probably is. Yeah, that's true. He's I'm got a point there. Going to guess that it was very comfortable. Do you want right. to talk about I, the brains? I don't, I don't want to do this <laughs> anymore. <laughs> this, is it scientists? Weird? No, this is pretty that fascinating. He threatened us with the man bun again. Well, do it. Don't make me do it. Is beard ointment better? Here's the problem that he has with you, Blake. And when when he was 27 years old, he had babies, right? Or at least one baby. And that is where he sees you being at. And he's not having the baby, but 
you know, um, because what happens if you have a kid and the kid says to you, Dad, did you ever wear a man bun? You have to say yes. That's fine with me. Oh, that I'll say child. That. I had a mohawk, too. Is that a problem? Coming up next, scientists restore some function in the brains of dead pigs. Clearly. Rude. Clearly. <laughs> All right, Gary and Shannon will continue in just a moment. Clippers game three tonight at Staples, 7.30 tip-off. The Warriors hope to bounce back from that Lou Williams performance and loss in game two. You think that's enough to spark some fear in the Warriors? I don't think it matters. You know, I just... the largest comeback in NBA playoff history. Yeah, I'm going to watch. That's got to be a little bit of a oh-poo-poo. Oh, poo poo. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if uh, if Steve Kerr says that or just intimates that, but <clears throat> I'll watch that game tonight. Uh, we are in the middle of uh, strange science. Some of these cool stories. This headline that I saw definitely sparked interest, and I don't know if it, it sparked joy. But is it this one? Ancient beetle infiltrated <laughs> earliest known ant colonies like its modern relatives. No. Oh, it wasn't even the one about. Uh, was it can, about urine salts? Can animals breathe fire like mythical dragons? It was this one. Scientists restore some function in the brains of dead pigs. Well, yeah, I was reading about this yesterday. I got the journal Nature delivered. You know, it comes every Wednesday. It comes in that little uh, black, uh, yeah. sorry, the brown paper wrapper so no one knows what you're reading. Mine's plastic. Mine's plastic. So you live in a smart neighborhood, whatever. They're talking about the Yale School of Medicine and the Sestan Laboratory have come up with a way to actually restart some brain cells hours after death. These pigs' brains were dead for 10 hours, and then they got in there, and they say they did not regain the kind of organized electrical activity associated with consciousness or awareness, but it did show that a surprising amount of cellular function was either preserved or restored. It's, an, it, it's quite a look. Uh, the Just imagine they've tried this method on about 300 pig heads that they had obtained from a local pork processing center. I mean, you got to do something with them, right? Um, and they said it was a shot-in-the-dark project to do this. They would flush the brain. I don't want to hear what that the end of that was. While at the slaughterhouse, mm-hmm. a couple of these guys would flush the brains to clear out the residual blood and to cool down the tissue just a bit from what was the body temperature of the pig. See, this is why we're not doctors. I don't want to hear things like flushing the brains, Mm-mm. you know? Mm-mm. They would hook up key blood vessels to a device no. that would pump in a specially formulated cocktail, chemical cocktail, for six hours, starting about four hours after the pig had been killed. And they said that the brains ended up looking dramatically different from the pig brains that were left alone to just naturally sort of deteriorate in the hours after death. 
and that the tissue and cellular structure was preserved and cell death was actually removed. And in some cases, there was some molecular and cellular function that was restored to the brains of these pigs. So some people are saying that this is um, how dead is this animal? Right. Uh, they, they say if it's a dead animal when it comes to research and, and ethical controls on experiments, if it's dead animal, it's not subject to any research protections because you wouldn't expect that it would ever suffer from any pain or distress. But if the animal's brain can be partially revived, then when do we know to put ac- adequate protections in place for animal research subjects. What counts as life at that right. point? What counts as an alive animal if it had, uh, if it was killed hours before that? That's just a weird above my pay grade. Well, you know, we're not doctors. Thank goodness. You imagine Did somebody patients. actually write this story? What if winter lasted for years <laughs> like it does on Game of Thrones? I saw that. So I was just talking to Ken in the office there, and I said to him, you watch Game of Thrones? And he said to me, yes, but I don't like to talk about it. Uh, and, I, and I said... How refreshing. How refreshing. Because there's this one section of people who love Game of Thrones and want to hit you over the head with it at every turn. And then there's another section of people that never have seen Game of Thrones, and they want to hit you with that piece of knowledge repeatedly. I like the people in the middle, the people like Ken, who watch Game of Thrones and just enjoy it, and they don't make it part of their identity. Now, he told, because I went to him and I said, so I, I watched one season of it. Is it worth it for me to get through? And he said to me, yeah, you know, when I look back, season one was kind of just the setup. It starts to get really good in season three. And see, now I'm going to go watch it. Because season three is not that far off. And it's funny that you trust his word. Because he's not hysterical right. about it. Because of that. Because he withholds information from you. And only doles it out when asked. Yes. Speaking of, if you're a Game of Thrones fan and you like the element of surprise, you're not going to want to know that the students at the Technical Institute of Munich have developed an application to predict which character has the best chance to claim the Iron Throne. Mm. They taught the application to scour the web for a bunch of information about each of the characters and then process that information through uh, algorithms to assess their survival chances. So there's also a way for them to determine exactly who is going to die. Well, they're going to guess, perhaps, who is going to die and who isn't going to die. So if you're into that. I could make a prediction about that. Don't. I won't. Don't you dare. I won't. All right, uh, we have our next News and Brews coming up on Friday, April 26th, though it is a week from Friday at the Wolf Creek Brewery. Not the restaurant, the brewery that is also out there in the Santa Clarita Valley. Now, the restaurant, you're going to want to go and grab some dinner after our event, but there will be some lunch, some great food trucks that are out there. They sell their beer, by the way, all over the Santa Clarita Valley. It's in grocery stores, et cetera, out in Ventura. So if you had Wolf Creek Brews, you know exactly what kind of stuff that you're getting into. They also, of course, have on their website your Easter uh, reservation chance if you want to go to Easter, uh, have an Easter meal at Wolf Creek at the restaurant. Or go grab out at the brewery. Go grab what do you do for beers. Easter? I see you making a ham. I don't know what the food choice will be for Easter. I don't make a ham. But that doesn't mean I can't. It just means that's not what I've... Okay. I think because I gave up sweets for Lent, I think I'm going to have French toast with brown sugar and syrup and jelly. <laughs> You're like elf. All right, John and Ken show coming up next. 
We'll see you tomorrow. Stay dry, everybody. Bless us. And so we come to the end of another fun-filled episode of... Gary and Shannon.